Here we are for our third episode of Spainer and Riggs. We're excited. We've got an action-packed uh, episode. We're excited. We're going to talk a little high school sports and Region 6 basketball. We're going to talk a little uh, West Region hockey. Uh, we got a great interview with uh, Justin Racine, head coach of the Minot High uh, Wrestling Program. We've got a good interview with Scott Yule, head baseball coach at MSU. We're going to talk a little NFL GOAT, uh, offensive NFL GOAT. So we're going to action-pack episode number three. Here we go. Here we are with the high school segment of Spainer and Riggs. We're excited. We're talking a little basketball. Region 6 girls right now. We're in tournament time here. We're getting excited for the big Class B. Uh, I know you've been following along what's going on. Uh, what's the latest here? I know big game, Bishop Ryan, rugby. I know there's a lot of games. What's catching your eye here, Region 6? Uh, maybe see some upsets, but... What's their overall take right now? What's going on in Region 6? Well, uh, MLS looks like the team to beat. Uh, you know, they've got Kylie Abernathy and Allison Unlin, and they're just they're just big, long, athletic. They run the court. They're good at pressing. They're good at half court. They smother you. Uh, rugby, you know, was probably the top seed. They got bounced tonight by Bishop Ryan. Bishop Ryan, you know, they're a little more helter-skelter. But they are super athletic, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's an interesting, uh, you know, uh, if uh, I'm sh- MLS playing D- DLB tonight right now as we speak, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if MLS gets through, if they if they beat Ryan again. They, uh, I mean, they held Ryan to 23 points or 32 points in the district championship game. So that should be interesting. Absolutely. Big game. If if everyone advances, if the high seeds advance, the Region Five Championship, and a little bad blood between Garrison and Shiloh Christian, oh you know, and they're both ranked in the state, so that it'll be interesting. And they're going to meet each potentially meet each other through the bracket here. I mean, uh, do you think upset? Do you think favorites, or what are you thinking? That's you know, uh, Garrison's twenty and one, and they're the two seed. Shiloh's uh, uh, nineteen and four, eighteen and four. They're the one seed. Shiloh has played. Four one seeds out of region, so uh, they they are battle tested. That's going to be an interesting. Uh, you know, I say advantage uh, Shiloh at this point. They beat them the first time, forty nine to forty. Um, if, you know, if if those two are meeting, that's where I'm going to be on Thursday night. Okay, and then I know we you're we'll be able to recap this in our next episode. But on the east, has anybody been kind of catching your eye? Anybody kind of taking a look at and. I know you're uh, always following a little bit about what, what might happen with Kindred and whatnot and stuff, but thoughts on the East at all? Anybody that else, do you think there's going to be a war out there? Well, you know, uh, you know, four wins is undefeated. I expect them to be in the state tournament. You got uh, Langdon and Grafton. They're both very good. Uh, Thompson girls might make some noise there, uh, you know, and then the looming Kindred versus Central Cass, who was the number one seed last year in the state tournament. They lost in the final, so Kindred hasn't been able to get past them, but they've been the best team in the state by quite a margin. I think they've had every first-place vote from start to finish during the, se- the season. Now, the other question is now is there's hit by a lot of storm and weather and everything like that. They've had to change some scheduling up and stuff uh, you know, on that part of the region. Do you think that affects a little bit? Do you think certain teams, I mean, we talk about it as, you know, as, as coaches ourselves in terms of having to adjust in terms of certain types of adversity, but do you think if you're preparing for a game, let's say, you know, tonight and then it gets pushed to, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday or something like that, do you think that would have a huge effect, especially at the high school level? 
You know, uh, I do. I mean, uh, you know, the, the kids are gearing up for it, gearing up for it, and you, you know, you kind of have a crescendo in your training, and then you got to re, you know, reset. I think uh, the teams that focus on, uh, you know, process and mental toughness, I think will be okay. They'll just reset and go. I, I think uh, the 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 teams that focus on, you know, intangibles and exterior factors, you know, that, that, that could definitely uh, affect them, and, you know. Absolutely. Well, you know what? The good news is, is uh, our next episode, we'll be able to, the dust still all clear. We'll know exactly who's going to be uh, in the tournament, in the dome this year. It's going to be exciting. I know you'll be following along and watching those games, and uh, uh, hopefully you don't spend too much time in the uh, hospitality room, but uh, focus on uh, the big games. But it's going to be really interesting for sure. So you've had the opportunity to watch some uh, hockey. Absolutely. Uh, WDA hockey. Yep. And I have some questions about that, a few questions. For but, sure. You know, uh, we saw Minot get upset in the first round, mm-hmm. but they battled back and got to the state tournament. Uh, tell us about that and, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, and, and their run and, and staying alive. First of all, big shout out to uh, Nick Holberg, PSP. Uh, you know, the, the, the coverage was, is not as great as it, it could, could, could be. I mean, Nick was great. He was able to, to cover every single game basically on stream. Um, most of it are digital radio only, but uh, for me, I've been watching West region hockey basically the last, ever since I got to mine and back in 2004, there's never been a wilder upturn, unexpected, um, you know, tournament. For starters, it's the first time since 2006 we haven't had a team from Bismarck win the West Region. It's always been Century or Bismarck High, and then all of a sudden you see Matt Stockard's uh, Jamestown Blue Jays win it and beat Legacy in their first ever year in varsity hockey. Um, so it was wild, you know, just to kind of see how that goes. But um, very proud to see how Minot finished. I mean, they had a tough loss to Botna Rugby, and uh, if you know anybody in the hockey world, high school, that's a big rivalry. I know Minot High has a big one with with Botno, but if you or with Bismarck High, but with Botno, it's it runs deep. I mean, you talk about rabbits being thrown on the ice back in the day, and just that whole thing. But Minot responded well. You know, the tough loss. Um, you know, came back, bound, battled hard, got back into a position where they were going to be. You know, playing, you know, beat Bismarck high, and then all of a sudden now they are, you know, rolling, looking really good. And that's something that I think that was exciting to see, you know, mine and high respond, win their last game, get themselves into, uh, you know, the, the state tournament. And uh, so it was exciting to watch. And then, of course, you had two losers outs in Botno and Mandan playing each other. It was like the seventh seed and the ninth seed. Ten seed. Yeah. And so to see, the, you know, Mandan get in, it's just, it's absolutely kind of unheard of to, to kind of see how that all worked out. But, uh, can, yeah. Can I throw thing. a shout out here? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I've been around watching a lot of different sports, you know, the, uh, you know out there uh, representing Spanner and Riggs. But let me tell you something about Botano Rugby Hockey. Yep. These, those dudes show up to every sport. They do. And they uh, literally, Botano and Rugby are the two liveliest student sections. I believe it. In the state. I mean, I, and I've been to a 50 schools or something this For winter. Sure. And I'm telling you, the heart of these student sections are the Botano Rugby hockey players oh. uh it's amazing uh you know and i i sat down last night with the Botno guys watching the Botno uh, dlb game and yep. they, they were talking they were telling me about the, the hockey tournament and i was asking them some questions i'm gonna ask you the same question right now okay 
So hockey's a you know it's just a physically demanding sport for sure. It's collision. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so we have these state tournaments and regional tournaments of basketball where you play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or whatnot, three games in three days, and basketball's full contact. Mm-hmm. You know, so you take hockey or soccer, which end up being collision, mm-hmm. right? And you're running soccer six, seven miles. Hockey, you're skating and skating and skating and skating. What is the difference between, you know, you play in your regular schedule Tuesday, Friday, or whatever throughout the year, and then all of a sudden it's championship time, mm-hmm. and you got to roll out Thursday, Friday, Saturday to make the state tournament, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday to win the state championship. You know, tell me about that and how it changes, and does the, is it, does the game plan change? Is it, you know... Uh, the, the, you know, for the players, uh, how it they is. approach it. You know, it's a great, it's a great question. You know, the biggest thing is, is that in for whatever reason, it's just it's nerves. Everybody tightens up, and you know, you 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 hear the word in the hockey world about you know gripping your stick too tight. You know, you get too nervous, right? And and hockey's unfortunately a, I mean a skilled game, but there's a lot of things that have to go your your way. Um, and and the problem with it is, is that. Not only are you talking about the physicality of bodies, body checking and being in those type of things, you've also got to deal with the puck itself. And I tell you, I mean, there was uh, Kelton Esslinger who played for Mine and High um, in that play-in game to get to the state, had a huge block shot. I mean, he went down and, and wore a puck. And so then not only are you having to deal with that, you know, you, a lot of guys will see, you know, in these playoffs, you go to the hotel and they got ice packs like on their calf muscles or on their arms or whatever it is. There's just something about it, and it's crazy. Like we go all the way up to the NHL in terms of that, and it's and honestly, that's ultimately what decides is just who can be can absorb that adversity, who can battle through some of that stuff. Because um, unfortunately, like, same with like hot, like soccer, you know, there's such few goals, right? Two one win, three three two games in 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 high school hockey specifically, a lot of low scoring. I mean, Jamestown won three nothing. Minot High won three nothing with an empty net goal. Um, one mistake could be your season. Whereas you know basketball or football, there is ways to c- overcome some of those types of things. Um, in football, if you lean on a team the whole game, you're kicking field goals at the very least. For sure, if you're not punching it in. So yes. You know, uh, it's three, three, three. You're up nine. They get like a freak mm-hmm. touchdown. You're yep. still up nine, seven. You drive For down sure. sixteen, seven. You know, uh, so, so it, tell me the coordination level. You know, normally even in the NHL playoffs, you know, you're playing every third day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you have a recovery day with yep. the training staff and whatnot. High school hockey, you battle it out. You're three days in a row. What's the coordination level like in that third game? Is it just is it come down to a, to a, too much luck? Or is the, is the better skilled team probably going to be in a better situation? You know, you're absolutely right. It's it it you know it basically that's the big thing. It, it is it's something about which team is physically prepared to be in those type of thing and being in the trenches because everybody's tired, everybody's gassed. I mean, at least in in the high school, the the team you're playing is playing in their third game of third nights. You know, it wasn't like in our national tournament where we were playing four and four nights and the other team in the bracket was only playing their third game. Um, it's tough, and honestly. It goes back to hard work and preparation. I think that kind of seems a little cliche in some respects, but those teams that really bear down. When Mine and High won their 2015 national championship, you could tell that those guys were prepared. You know, Jason Bennett, John Grubb, uh, Tony Swearingen, those coaching staff, they had those guys ready to go in those tight 2-1 games. And so that's what hockey is, unfortunately, at the high school level. And, and uh, you know, you got to get a couple bounces, you know, and I think, you know, there's always this east-west. The east is always dominated in high school hockey, but... 
there are ways to get through. And so I'm excited to see. I mean, I'm excited to see uh, Nolan Nee now in Jamestown to see they're the number one seed from the West coming over. You know, Modern High is a three seed playing Cheyenne. They, they played them in a close game about two weeks ago. There could be a huge upset there. So it's going to be exciting to watch. Who's your prediction? State champion, North Dakota this year. Oh, man. I don't know. The East beats up each other all the time. It's, geez, I mean, Cheyenne's really good. I mean, uh, you know, Red River won an overtime game there too as well. So um, I would, this honestly, I think this could be a year. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jamestown make a big run. They are loaded up top with seniors and guys that can play. Matt Stocker's been coaching that team for 17 years. I lean on Nick Holberg, who follows them religiously, obviously, and, I mean, he loves what they're doing. So um, I, if we're going to see a team of the West, it's going to be uh, Jamestown. If not, we'll see Davies win it out of the East. So we'll recap uh, next week in the next Spain and Riggs. All right. Hey, we had a great interview with Justin Racine, Minot High wrestling coach, whose team was a finalist of the state North Dakota State Wrestling Championships, and here we go. Hey, we're uh, welcome to Justin Racine, head coach Minot, Minot High Wrestling on the Spader and Riggs Show. Justin, how you doing? Good. How about you guys? We're doing great. You're uh, you're home from uh, state. You guys uh, got to the state championship in the duels. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that against Bismarck. Yeah, you know, um, uh, we had a. Our guys fought really hard in the in the champion or in the duels on uh, Saturday. Uh, came back and and beat a Davies team that we had beat earlier in the season, and um, then had Jamestown in the semifinals. And we we kind of had that on paper as being um, a, a tight duel. Uh, actually, I had it as a tie. So then um, it comes down to a whole bunch of different criteria if if that happens. But um, no, the guys took care of business. We won. Uh, we won a couple of really close matches, what we call toss-up matches, and they, uh, and so then um, we obviously got to the finals against a, a pretty tough Bismarck team. That um, you know that it would it would be a I hate to say it, but a pretty good miracle to beat that team. They're they're pretty tough. Uh, one of the better Bismarck teams I've seen in a while. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was exciting for the guys to to battle through and and get to that point. You know, uh, people don't know that uh, Racine's a heck of a softball player, and I'll know follow a lot more uh, about his wrestling program ever since I got to meet him. But uh, ever since you know you've taken you know over this program, it seems like you guys are always going for it. You got some great athletes. It's almost like uh, you know the ones that get graduate, you got replenished with young guys coming in and. Um, just a steady stream of, of talent and, and either they come in really talented or they develop through you guys. But you guys have really built a great culture and you're contending every year. You got a lot of guys that are placing. So, you know, what's, what's the secret? What's the, you know, what's the reason for, for it? Is it, you know, your philosophy, culture, coaching, um, you name it, but explain to us, I mean, what you've been able to build there where you guys are going for it and have such great success with a lot of great athletes. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good question. I think um, all all of the above you just said, I think, is it plays a factor. Um, our little, we got a pretty good little kids program going again. Uh, that and it, you know, a few years ago we we struggled a little bit with that, and it's going again. So um, that's good. I, I think that's that's where you got to start. You know, um, I, I I really feel expectations and and like you said, culture is huge, and and we kind of got to or I guess I would say I got a philosophy that the ne- it's the next guy up mentality. And I was actually uh, about a month ago going through and I looked at 
what we two years ago we were a runner up in in the individual and the in the duels and we had we've only got three guys from that team still on our team and actually one of them was out with a season ending injury so on this team we only had two guys wrestling this year from that team in 2020 so um it's really next guy up mentality and when we grab we talked about that today we had a team meeting at, at after school and um, just talked about, you know, we, we graduate some good wrestlers this year, but uh, next year we're looking at guys to fill those roles and, and step up because, uh, you know, the expectation is to be back to where we were. Tell us, you know, uh, you got a young kid, athletic, he's a freshman in high school, never wrestled maybe, and maybe he did a little bit in junior high, not an AAU basketball, travel soccer, you know, he's looking for something to do. What is Justin Racine and Minot High wrestling? What I mean, what do you teach? Obviously, it's the hardest sport. You know, people know that. But, like, what does a kid get from your program, you know, uh, going through the Minot High wrestling program? You know, uh, we, we, talk, we talk to kids all the time. You know, we, we really um, try to, I mean, fo- a lot of our focus is on football kids uh, that have been around that contact. You know, typically if a kid – uh, is playing basketball. He's he's stuck. He's in that sport and uh, and or hockey. And um, we're pr- maybe not going to pull those guys. So we're looking at those kids that maybe aren't doing anything in the in the winter time, um, and and get them in there. And really, it it is about teaching them that handling adversity and and uh, the the life life lessons that come with the sport or you know in any sport, but. Um, specifically talking wrestling is so important and and we really pride ourselves on that and and teaching kids to be better better kids and um you know i think once they get in our program they they see what kind of a family it is um and it's a tight-knit group and so we we try to sell them on that and and tell them you know that this is going to make you a better person it's going to make you a better football player or or um cross country runner or whatever their other sports are. And, and it does, it helps a lot. And, and we, as, as you guys know, multi-sport athletes are so important. hundred percent. My, my last question is, is I, I've seen him on Facebook. He's got his uh, son. Uh, it's got uh, been in a couple duels and stuff like that. He seems like he got a bright future. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, him be, uh, wearing, uh, wearing those, uh, what do you call it? The maroon and gold sometime, uh, in your day, but that's gotta be pretty proud that your son, you know, it's taken to the sport and has shown some success, you know, at a young age. Yeah. My, my two oldest boys, my, I got a 10 year old and an eight year old that are, uh, you know, they're, they have some success in the sport, but, um, yeah, it, it's what I think every, every dad looks forward to. I mean, we, as you guys know, you guys are both coaches. We love to coach. Uh, I think that extra little cherry on top is that at the end of it, when you get to coach your own kid and in, in the sport that you love and, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to do it. As you guys know, I don't wish away time because it goes by really fast. But um, yeah, that, that'll be exciting when they get to the high school level and and then dad's in their corner. I, I can't say that um, I always get commented on how gray I am already. And I can't <laughs> tell you, I might not have a gray hair left when, or a, a, a brown hair left when I get to that point when they're wrestling for me. But um you know, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be nerve wracking. But yeah, it's that, like you said, or like I said, it's that that last little deal, that cherry on top to coach your kids at the end. And, um, yeah, it'll be exciting. Tell us the difference in intensity between wrestling in a team duel 
you know, versus doing like an individual uh, tournament? Yeah, you know, uh, in the individual tournament, they both have their team values. You know, your buddies are cheering you on in the individual tournament, but definitely in the duel, um, you know, the fans are way more into it because it's it's one match after the other. In an individual tournament, your guy, one of our minor high guys might wrestle, and it might be a 15-minute break till the next guy wrestles, and um, harder harder to get that momentum going. But when you, you're in that duel, it's 14 matches one after the other, and and that's kind of, you know, in the semifinals against Jamestown this weekend, uh, we really got on a roll. We won a couple close matches, and that just sparks the next guy, you know. It gives them energy and gets them going. And um, and so, yeah, it's it, the, duels are, the duels are always uh, a lot of fun for the fans because it's, it's right there. Like I said, uh, you know, you got 14 matches in about an hour and a half. So it's, uh, it's, a, fun, it's a fun time. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Justin. We really appreciate your time. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, hopefully you don't uh, lose too much uh, gray hairs as your as your boys get a little uh, get a little bigger. But uh, hey, I mean, Move like I said, put uh, hey, at least he's got it right. Uh, but in all honesty, uh, I mean, like I said, put a powerhouse program. I mean, it's something that uh, these kids have, and and like you said, you've done a great job with. Uh, you know, youth wrestling, that there, there is a destination, you know, to be able to get to mine and high and then have some big success. And so we wish you guys best of luck next year as well. And uh, congratulations on a great season. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for taking the time. You bet. And here on the college segment, we had a great chat with Scott Yule, head coach of the Minot State men's baseball team. Here it is. <laughs> Here we are in the college segment here on Spainer and Riggs, and we got another special guest, the entering his sixth season, the head coach of the MSU baseball team, Scott Yule. How you doing, bud? I, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me. Right on. So, uh, Scott, they say you're the uh, the pitching guru of uh, college baseball. Uh, tell us about how uh, that's come about. You. And before so, we'll talk about uh, Minot State baseball goes from a 9.81 ERA to a 4.45 in your first season. So uh, talk to us about your your pitching prowess. I, I need to find these people that you say are calling me the so-called pitching guru because I think you're full of it. Um but we've we've uh, we've done a lot of work here. We've had a lot of good people in here that have that have uh, that have worked pretty hard. A lot of guys who know a lot of, about pitching. And um, at the end of the day, we came in and, and we kind of changed a little mindset, a little philosophy with our guys, and and uh, got them in the strike zone and compete more. And it was it was pretty simple from there. And now, obviously, we've taken it to a little bit different level. But um, but it, it's been uh, it's been an interesting process to say the least. So so in a in a college baseball NCAA level, four something ERA for an entire pitching staff for a season. You know, when I watch these games, and most of these games are like fifteen to ten at times. How good is that for a team ERA? Yeah, you know, a, a four a four ERA now is, is probably slightly above average, which is weird. Um, you see these, you see these top teams that are kind of down on those low threes and even some high twos, uh, but the college games change so much and, and kind of depends where you play. We just went out in Colorado and played out there for a week. And I tell you what, offensively, I'd love to play in Colorado because the ball jumps there. So um, it's, uh, 
You know what? It's it's pitching's tough, especially in today's game. It's it's more of an offensive game. The strikeouts are going to be a little bit up on the pitching side, but but so are the the long balls, and so are, are guys getting on base with be a walker or hit by pitch or whatever it is now. So um, pitching's getting tougher and tougher, and and again, the, you got to limit the mistakes and, and you got to limit the free passes, and I, that's kind of the kind of the ticket right now. Scott, uh, you know, I've, I've known you for a few years now, and, and your baseball team has been heavily involved on campus. I know with our hockey program, you guys assisted with us some security stuff. You've done a number of other things with other departments and areas, and I know your guys are really involved on, on campus. Is that something that's a philosophy for you? Because I certainly know that your your baseball team is heavily engaged, not only in the community. I know you guys do a lot with the dream catchers, but tell us, that must be a big philosophy for you as a, as a coach to, to really kind of give back in, in many ways. Yeah, to teach, I mean, it, it does a whole lot. It teaches the guys a, a lot about some things that maybe they didn't expect to learn or kind of keeps them ground a little bit when you go out there and, and, and you help some people that are in a little bit, more of an unfortunate situation than than some of our guys might be it, it kind of opens their eyes a little bit so at the end of the day we're, we're trying to develop good baseball players but we want to develop kids that are well diverse individuals who who are going to be guys who, who leave a good mark on, on society at some point so the more we can kind of introduce them to and 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 get them kind of knowledge about in society I think is going to help so we we do put a, a big a uh, big emphasis on that to get our guys out in, in the public and, and and helping as many people as we can and, and our guys for the most part seem to enjoy it pretty good tell us uh you know uh, and you just touched on development but tell us like you know as you get a young pitcher maybe from a, a North Dakota class B school or a, you know a position player whatever you know, and he can't, I mean, there's no way he's going to sniff an inning in the Northern Sun his freshman year, but, you know, what's your feeling on development? And, uh, you know, have you had some guys climb the ladder, change their stars to where they're uh, they're producing, uh, you know, when they're a junior and senior? Yeah, in the the development's kind of that, that buzzword nowadays, and, and I think it's something that we've done better than a lot of places, and, and everybody's going to tell you on the phone, on your recruiting phone call, that, hey, we're going to develop you. But at the end of the day, like, they can't show you how they're going to do it or what they're going to do to to make that happen. Then again, it's just a it's just a word. So just like that potential where everyone says, "Oh, you got so much potential," but if you don't do anything to reach it, and at the end of the day, that's just a cloud, right? And if you don't, you have you got to work to get there. So um, we we do a lot with the with the pitching side, and we try to do it from the ground up. A lot of there's all this all this pitching style and philosophy stuff out there right now of that that guys are using to develop, but it's sometimes guys get hurt of this or that. So we're going to develop from, from the ground up and you know, with physically with our guys kind of building the strength and the mass that they need. And, and then mechanically make sure that their bodies move how it's supposed to and, and their arms work how it's supposed to and their swings work how it's supposed to and, and all that. And, and then we'll kind of, we'll kind of keep developing off of that. So um, there's a, there's a whole long process to it. Some people want that, that quick fix and those early results of, of, hey, this is what everyone's doing right now velocity-wise, so let's go do it really quick. Um, but kind of how we've done it is is we want to make sure we do it the safe way. So we're going to take a little bit more time and, and, again, develop the body, develop the knowledge of the kid and so he knows what he's doing. And um, at the end of the day, we want a kid just invested in the process as we are with, with his own process. So 
Um, if he doesn't want it, then it's it's kind of a kind of a mute point because if, if we're going to give him the program and have to push him every single day, then that development isn't going to happen. Like the kid needs to want it and he needs to understand it. So we're going to make sure the kid understands what he's doing um, and why he's doing it, and, and make sure he knows what he wants and doesn't want. So when we develop this program, we're going to make sure like, hey, this is what we see, this is what we think you need, and uh, where are you at? And he's going to say, I, I agree, this is what I want, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, and. Um, and then that kid, the, the pitching coach myself or the hitting coach myself will sit down and say, Hey, here's a plan. Let's, uh, I think we all agree on, on this. Let's, uh, let's rock and roll with it and then we'll go to work. So you gotta have that, that personal investment from the kids for, for this development word that everyone's throwing around nowadays. But if you have it, I think it, it makes it a lot easier. So it's safe to say that you're better at developing baseball players than you are at bocce ball, because clearly Every time you played me in bocce ball, you have come up short. You know, you you like to bring up this bocce ball game quite a bit, yet you won't come back over and, and play it again. So I, I think you like to just say it and just just keep sitting in that little cozy office of yours and, and not back it up anymore. Absolutely. <laughs> I will throw him a bone and tell uh, tell the world that he's ridiculous at cornhole. He's probably better at cornhole than he is at anything else I've ever seen him do. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. Spain wins one game and he thinks he can, he can talk uh, as much as he wants. It's so he more than one. I beat him in the years. daytime and I beat him at nighttime with the glowing balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I tell you. No, I'll wrap this, this up. You know, Scott, uh, uh, baseball team, you know, prior to you coming, you know, had some lean years. I know a lot of it had to do with transition from NAI to Division Two. Um, and you really have taken that baseball team right from day one to absolute contender every year, um, a winning culture. And like I said earlier with the question about just great guys, and I, I know a lot of our guys that on our hockey team hang, hung out with your guys. But what, what's the secret for you guys? Because now, like I said, you guys are contending every year. It's And, I, you know, coaches talk about expectations. But you guys expect to, you know, win a regular season title every year or win a, you know, NSE playoff championship. So tell us, what like, what's the secret for your, your program to where you guys are right now? Yeah, you, you got to... You gotta want to compete, and you just you gotta want it. Like at the end of the day, we right now I think we got a bunch of guys here that all want the same thing, and 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 they do want to win. So, so um, early on when we got here, there were a bunch of guys who kind of came here just to put on the uniform and 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 wear the gear around campus and and tell their buddies they they played college baseball. But at the end of the day, that's that's not what it is. You got to come here, and it's it's a full time job. I mean, you've got two full time jobs when you come here. You got you got to go to school, and you and you gotta got to play baseball so we uh like we kind of said we develop at a high level and and the guys here that are coming here now all want the same things we want and they all want the same things that everybody else wants so they want to come here they want to work hard they want to develop are you going to the ncaa tournament what'd you say i want to know are you going to the ncaa tournament you know what? We've gotten caught up in years past of if we're going to do it or not, and I think we've looked too far ahead. So we're we're going to go one game at a time. I'm not going to I'm not going to bite that that piece of fruit you got hanging around me right now. I'm going to I'm going to say we're going to take this thing one game at a time and uh, and see what we can make happen here. Right on. Well, so I know Spain you like to stir the pot a little bit, but I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to let you win this game tonight. <laughs> Well, good. Well, hey, you know, thanks, Scott. We appreciate your time. Uh, we definitely wish you uh, the best success. And like I said, your uh, high expectations and keep those boys grounded, but we'll be pulling hard for you this year. 
Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, if you ever if you want me back on to, to get Spain going again, we can do it. Always. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Absolutely. We're talking uh, the GOAT, the greatest offensive player in NFL history. You know, and we've got the, you know, obviously the Tom Brady in there with his uh, 157 rings or whatnot. Um, you got Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. 432 NFL records, right? 433 yep. if you count most records. <laughs> yep. We have uh, Jim Brown, who was probably the most dominant player of all time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, in his era, his contemporary era or whatnot, you know, and there's, you know, you've got other names. Uh, Emmett Smith, the all-time leading rusher. We've got Barry Sanders, probably the most exciting player of all time. Do we Joe Montana, four rings. Terry Bradshaw, four rings. You know, yeah. uh, what are you thinking? Well, it's tough. I mean, you know, like you said, I think especially with the longevity, it's certainly Tom Brady, um, in my opinion, is the offensive goal. But I do think, though, that they're, you know, football as a sport, there's there's a lot more intangibles. It's, I mean, as being, I mean, of course, having a dominant quarterback is going to be successful. But you need a lot of things to, to go your way. I mean, you think about... You know, good run game and, and, and what Jerry Rice has been able to do as a receiver. Um, I mean, it's just crazy. J- Jerry Rice, like we talk about like Tom Brady, and he's got a lot of records, and it's, a lot of those based on longevity. I do think, you know, there is potential for, you know, if P- Patrick Mahomes can win a bunch of Super Bowls, the question is, do you have to win seven? I mean, is the championship the way it is? But, um, you know, Mahomes, can he get it done? Can some of these young guys, you know, win a bunch more with how young they are right now in their mid-20s? But I don't know if there's going to be anybody that's going to surpass the receiving records that Jerry Rice has. And that is going to be an interesting to see how it goes. It's kind of like Wayne Gretzky in hockey, you know, some of the records will just be untouchable. Um, you know, and some records that could potentially happen and obviously, you know, baseball and whatnot. But what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, like I said, I think Tom Brady off, you know, I just mean, Brady's, he's me, got but... seven rings. It's just hard to beat. He's been around, you know. Uh, who would you know, be your two or three then? I mean, who would, you know, who would you? I mean, to me, Jerry Rice, you know, most prep, the best prepared player. For sure. His, his fitness preparation, his game preparation, you know, his route running. I mean, everything was just, you know, it's, it's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, and he leaves the Niners, he goes to the Raiders, gets back to the Super Bowl with the Raiders. His Hall of Fame speech, he, he's up there and he said, I'm fit enough and I can play and start on an NFL team still today. You know, uh, I, Jerry Rice, it's hard because, you know, the quarterback versus, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, like pitcher and whatnot in baseball. I just, uh, you know, uh, I mean, Brady's one, Rice is two. And then, you know, it comes down to, you know, Montana, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Brown, probably, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know Barry the next Sanders one. goes and plays another three, four more years. I mean, does he vault, like, you know, propel himself? I, I you know, see, all of a sudden Barry Sanders, retired. to me, oh. is the most exciting player. What a bad yeah, You put bad him out there with, ball. like, uh, you know, Randy Moss, right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, he has the most negative rushing uh, carries. Most carries for a loss in NFL history is like totals up to like twenty four hundred yards or something, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, you know, and I, when I just factor that in, you know, the, to the hole he put his team in, a lot of times. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. he's like one, two, or three in the running back conversation. Mm-hmm. But I'm, 
I'm applying that to him versus Jerry Rice. For sure. <laughs> Jerry yeah. Rice is above Oof, Barry yep. Sanders, in, 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 in my opinion. You know? And then... Uh, and when you're if you're ranking people versus their contemporaries, you know Jim Brown, mm-hmm. Emmett Smith, Emmett's the all-time leading rusher. He had the longevity. He's got the rings. Jim Brown, I mean Jim Brown was just way better than everyone. But it's like based Bill on Russell. era, like that era, that was what it was, right? You know, like that's tough, you know, and you know today's passing game, right? And yeah, that's tough because you're an old school football guy, right? I so. mean Jim Brown play dominated. In an era where it was three yards on a cloud of dust, and it would for him it was like eleven yards on a cloud of dust. You, you know what for I mean? Sure. So uh, you know, you know, uh, it's hard not to put Montana in there at number three, but you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's close. Uh, you know, Montana three, yep. Jim Brown three. Uh, that's kind of my ranking. I don't know what you think, but I mean, it's the you know the offensive goat uh, poll should almost be maybe like uh, who should be two and three. I mean, because that's a lot more debatable too. You know, you think about two, three, four. I mean, here's the other one was like if you didn't count the playoffs, you know, is Peyton Manning the greatest NFL player? If you didn't call it the playoffs, I mean, you know what I mean? Like or Drew <laughs> but you Brees. Count the playoffs. Yeah, I know you do, of course. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just all that that. Uh, that aspect, you know, and then it. you know, and you look at, it, and that's why we say contemporaries because you look at it, and Brady plays in an era with salary cap. The other guys mm-hmm. play with no salary cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady takes less pay, so he's this huge advantage. For but sure. I mean, more power to him, right? It's helped him win. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, but he played in an era where you can't touch the receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, so they've, uh, you know, you know, just really pass happy yep. league. Can't touch the quarterback. It allowed him to play a lot longer. Montana got beat up. Mm-hmm. Joe Montana, uh, Joe- Roger Staubach got beat up. You know, uh, you know, and Absolutely. just kind of uh, petered them out a lot earlier than what you can do now. For sure. But uh, and you know what? What would Joe Montana do in this era? Mm-hmm. You know, would he have stretched that out? I mean, he got back to the AFC Championship with the Chiefs. Yeah, he did. You know, uh, but yeah. I'd like to hear from yep. everyone. And this will be out. This will be on uh, all the social media and TikTok and Facebook and whatnot. Throw it in the comments. You know, rank them one, two, three. I'm, most people will rank Brady one, but maybe they won't. Right now, if you count our uh, our votes up on uh, the, the goat for basketball, Jordan's only one ahead of Larry Bird. Mm, and this boy. is remember, this is North Dakotans' perspective. So. Absolutely. But let's hear from you. Thank you for watching the Spanner Riggs Show, episode number three, brought to you by the Dakota Network. This weekend, I'll be at State Gymnastics and we'll be at the Boys Basketball District Tournaments. You'll be following the State Hockey Absolutely. there. Absolutely. We've got the local sports locked down here. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. We're, we are here to talk sports from the North Dakotans' perspective. We talk the greatest NFL offensive player of all time today. We really want to hear from you. You can put it in the comment section of any of the social media you want. Thank you very much.